see you guys again. I'm doing well. You know, it's always our favorite to have you on. Uh, I, I know it's Devlin's favorite every single time we have you on, so <laughs> he can get some advice on what best to be placing. Well, we've got some exciting games coming up tomorrow, so now's the time. Now's the time. I'm excited. Uh, I can't believe we're this close to the Super Bowl. It just The season just flew by. I know. Well, last time we had you on, it felt like we were rattling through some games on, on what to take, but uh, just a couple games tomorrow, and – First off, what do you think about taking the under 49 and or 46 and a half? Sorry, 46 and a half Niners at Philly. Okay, so you want to start with the Niners. Um, the under would make sense, especially because these two teams are so good defensively. Um, I also, I actually think I would lean towards the under instead of hitting the over. I know some people um, just think that. Uh, AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts are going to go off, that Brock Purdy is going to make a big statement. I just, I can't argue with history and uh, Barack Purdy is the fifth rookie quarterback in NFL history to start a conference title game. And all those four other rookies were 0 and 4 and they also combined to throw nine interceptions to just four touchdowns. So history doesn't look so good for Brock Purdy. I know he went from Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. So, irre- so relevant. Um, but I do think he's going to get a-, a huge challenge here with the Eagles. I know that the Niners are a sexy pick in this one, but uh, I just think that the Eagles, especially at home, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, after he came back from his injury, everybody's like, is he as good? He's a step slower. And then he proved last week that that just wasn't the case whatsoever. I mean, I, I would worry for Brock Purdy in terms of facing this Eagles pass rush. They have 75 sacks this year. That's the third highest ever, like in the history of recording that stat. Um, so I just, I think the Eagles are going to get after them because of that. Yes, I, I do think I would lean towards the under and I'm also on the Eagles what would you say is the best pick though to take for that game Ooh, I like anytime touchdown wagers because they're fun and it's just a reason to pay attention to why or to someone scoring Christian McCaffrey is a great option for the Niners especially if you uh want the Niners to come out on top but he has had a touchdown in eight straight games so there's no denying that you can still get him at decent value I think you get him at like one minus 120 at most books um, so that would be one thing I'd pay attention to. The other couple ones that I really like is Jalen Hurts uh, to go over 46.5 rush yards. Um, I don't know why this is so low, I, probably because the, people are still factoring in his injury, but he's averaging 50.7 rushing yards per game even coming back from that injury. That's still more than 46.5. So if the math is mathing to anybody out there, <laughs> I would say that you, you, you have to go with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he – I realize that they're going to be really putting a lot of pressure on him, but I think that's going to make him be more use his athleticism and use his legs more. So I believe he'll be able to go over this as well. And then I would just pay attention to George Kittle on the Niners as well, because uh, he's going to be a huge target for Purdy. He has been this entire time. So yeah, a couple Niners, a couple Niners props for you, but I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. And I, I like how you say the math is mathing. I'm pretty sure you reposted it not that long ago. Are you really going to talk about math? Do we need to call in Josh Dobbs? Uh, do we, are we <laughs> yes. going to have any pies to the face? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should go check out Danny's social media. It's on there somewhere. Um, but they had a yeah, math competition. No, Josh Dobbs, so funny. <laughs> that was like one of the best memories with that guy. I'm so proud of him to be able to step up and play, you know, in that town for you guys over there. Um, what a cool full circle moment for him. Oh, Absolutely. And moving on to the Bengals at the Chiefs. I don't know if you saw the video. I want to say it was yesterday. It might have been a couple days ago. But whenever the – I want to say it was the Cincinnati mayor 
said that he wants no. to request a paternity test. That uh, they want to know, he wants to know if Joe Burrow is Patrick Mahomes' daddy. And I, I like the shots fired before the game. Give me the Chiefs all day. Patrick Mahomes is about to go off. Why are you calling shots before the game's even played like that? Well, probably because Joe Burrows, like, just really had their his number. I mean, for the Chiefs to go 0-3 against Burrows, the starting quarterback with Patrick Mahomes also being the starter, that just shows that he loves to tear up Spagnuolo's defense. Um but Joe Burrow, man, what a guy. If they were going to remake The Bachelor with an NFL quarterback as The Bachelor, I would totally watch <laughs> if it was Joe Burrow. Oh, absolutely. No, that would be pretty entertaining. Uh, whenever UCF played LSU, I, I just remember I was like, man, he is how he just carried himself in the presser, as he should. He, they played a heck of a game, and especially in that second half, and just came out and destroyed UCF. But Or not destroyed, I, that's a bad word, but – in the second half, they definitely owned. They owned because it was only yeah. it was only a touchdown uh, difference in the in the final. But um, just how he carried himself, I was like, man, that is one cocky dude. Uh, but uh-huh. confident, uh, I think, is a better word to use. But man, uh, that would be pretty pretty fun to watch. But what would you say your best bets are for Bengals at the Chiefs? Um, I really like Isaiah Pacheco um, because he was a huge factor for Kansas City against Jacksonville. He had 95 yards and a touchdown, and his prop is also set at 46-and-a-half. Um, so I would say that he would go over that one. Um, uh, Jamar Chase has been unbelievable. He has nine touchdowns in his last nine games. So I would say a Jamar Chase anytime touchdown would be a great wager. Um, pair them together. I think they both could happen. You'd get a really juicy parlay as well. But I was playing around with, um, before you called, I was playing around with some one-game parlays for Bengals and Chiefs because this is just one game I don't really know. Like, I'm on the Bengals, but you can never really count out Patrick Mahomes. He's so talented. Even a slightly injured Patrick Mahomes is better than no Patrick Mahomes. Um, So I was playing around with the total and the spread. And if people know how to do this, I I would actually take the Chiefs plus eight-and-a-half and move the total down a little bit to like 43 and a half, 44 and a half. And you can get it right around minus 110 or even up to like plus 110. That gives you just a little bit of a security blanket with this one, because I do believe it'll be a close game. I assume there'll be a lot of offensive fireworks. Um, the total's just a little bit too high for me right now. I think it's really well set, but um, you know, I always like to try and find a way to like play with the numbers to where it makes a little bit more sense and add in a little bit of security. So that would be my play there. I think it'd be really cool for the Bengals um, to win this one. Uh, I just think to say that you are 0-4 against – I mean, that the Chiefs are 0-4 against you is just a really cool calling card. That's like somebody really saying they have your number. Um, it would just be a cool stamp of confidence for that Bengals team, especially when everybody doubted them coming into this year, thinking they'd be the ones with the drop-off when really it was the L.A. Rams. So, um, yeah, I, I would just – play with that total and play with that spread a little bit to where it makes you have some good value there but uh gosh this one's gonna be a fun one absolutely gonna be I think a couple of uh good games but you also I I mentioned your social media just a second ago Uh and you also recently posted about how it had been a year since you made the move to Chicago Uh and whenever I introduced you we didn't really talk about live Danny Clevenger from Live on the Line. We didn't mention what show you're on. So why don't you give everybody just a little bit about uh, the move to Chicago and um, how just a little bit about the show. Yeah, absolutely. I was in L.A. for the past probably six, seven years. 
I had worked in the NFL for the Rams. I had covered the NFC West for um, NBC Sports down in Los Angeles. And then I also hosted a show for FanDuel, which led to me to get into the sports gambling space. And uh, this stadium, Valley Sports, were launching a new sports gambling show called Live on the Line. It was sponsored by BetMGM Sportsbook. And um, I flew to Chicago to start it. It's a very fun show. It's unlike anything else on TV. Maybe I'm slightly biased, but there's no script. It's completely unscripted. There's no teleprompter. Um, it's, I got another guy on my show called, his name is Brad Evans. He's been in the gambling space for 30 plus years. And he is just uh, a, wild, <laughs> a wild card. So it's essentially <laughs> professional babysitting that's happening on television. But it's supposed to be just three, three friends at a sports bar hanging out. That's the idea behind the show. Uh, we're very loose. We're very casual. Um, but we do give you a bunch of stats to follow up on um, all of our picks and plays. And we'll be honest with you. If, if we're you know, on a cold streak, we'll be like, hey, maybe you should fade us. Or this is something that, you know, but we're very transparent. We tell you when we win. We tell you when you, we lose. We have our record shown on the screen. So it's a really, really fun show. We're a year in. I can't believe it. It absolutely blew by. Um, but I absolutely would love it if you guys joined us and followed us along. You can watch it it's live on the line. It's noon Eastern um, every single day, including Sundays, um, on Valley Sports Marquee Network if you happen to be in the Midwest a little bit. Um, and then Yes Network if you happen to be traveling to New York anytime soon. So uh, I would love for you to tune in. It's been a really fun ride. It's, it's crazy. I remember you announcing that you were moving to Chicago, and it really is crazy <laughs> that that's been a year. But I know. going a little bit more on your background, I'm throwing you a curveball right now. You have absolutely mm -hmm. no idea what I'm about to throw at you. But you were a baller. She played basketball at Stony Brook in college, and uh, she was a sharp shooter. And I don't know if you were watching the Lady Vols a couple nights ago, but they played UConn. Did you happen to catch yep. that game? I didn't catch it, actually. I, I wasn't home when that game was on. But I did know that they played, and I've been watching all the recaps from um, <laughs> seeing all the girls I used to work with were sitting front row, which was really fun. Yeah, so I, if you've been watching recaps, you may know I was going to get your thoughts on Gino at halftime. He said that's what you get that. whenever you come here. I was going to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, he was pretty fired up. You know, Gino, it seems like he's either someone you love or you hate. Um, I don't think there's a lot of in-betweeners when it comes to Gino. I think he was a little spicy with Holly Rowe, um, but I also think that he really respects Holly Rowe. And I, I think even like her reaction afterwards just shows that she knows that he wasn't coming at her. She didn't seem shocked. She sort of just like turned it back over um, to the play-by-play -play and analyst. And I, I just think he was hot and in the moment. It, it, coaches get that way, and you especially start to unleash a little bit more when you are more and more comfortable with whoever you're talking to. So I actually think it's more I, – I look at this backwards. I look at the reporter's side of it. I think it's a testament <laughs> right. to Holly Rowe for creating those relationships that he can be as open as he would be in a locker room. Yeah, no, there was actually a picture, though, that you could tell. I think it was a student from Tennessee that she took from the stands, and she said, did I just catch Holly Rowe cringing after that halftime interview? <laughs> and if you zoom in on Holly's face, you can tell it's pro Gino's a little bit away, so it's after she tossed to the play-by-play, -play, but Holly's face, you could tell she's cringing, like, oh, golly, that was, yeah, that was something. Yeah, could not that be a something. comfortable moment. Yeah, not a comfortable moment at all, but she did handle it well. Uh, by not even stumbling at all and tossing it back to the play-by-play. -play. But 
I mean, they talk about how Pat, how Pat was not a fan of Gino, and yeah. uh, you can just see there why. But just as a former player, I know you have to respect him uh, for what he's done. But man, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Gino. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough, right? Because coaches are always intense, and I think coaches, especially especially a man in a in a female sport, it's like, oh, you have to be more sensitive. But that's just not the case. I had coaches throwing chairs. I had three head coaches in four years who I swear used my name as a curse word. It was synonymous. <laughs> um, you know, they use foul language. They get very um, passionate. Uh, it, it's just like an expectation level. And it, it, it actually, like, it's kind of funny to say, but it does help you later on in life, too, when you face adversity or if there's some sort of tough scenario, you, you were ready for that because of what you went through with your coaches. Um, I'm sure there's times where those girls probably go back to their dorms or go back and call their parents and like, gosh, I can't stand him. I think that's natural. I think everybody goes through love-hate relationships with their coaches. Um, I don't necessarily see it as anything too vile. I just think that he was worked up and in the moment, and I think that happens. We're all human. We're all competitive. I think that people give it a slight bit more of a, uh, head scratcher just because it is um, women's basketball probably wouldn't have that same reaction if we were talking about a football coach. No, absolutely. That's, that, that is very true. Um, and I think another head coach that is around the Nashville area that gets fired up all the time is Ty Evans, and he's a women's basketball coach. And um, I think it really pushes his ladies that he's not going soft on them just because they're ladies, and I, I love that. Uh, but, Danny, we always love you joining us on Power Hour. And so thank you so much for your time. And whenever we come back, we're going to be joined by Fisk University's Mah Naima Muhammad to talk about them making it to the NCAA. So stay with us.